This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. On this foggy Thursday afternoon, gameplay on TSN 1050, brought to you by FanDuel, but on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Today's show is going to be a ton of football, but I, I have a philosophical question I want to get into about the rules and hockey and how games are called, but we'll do that in a second because we're going to do a bit of an audible right now. Joining us, it is the professor without the English accent. You just heard him for the last two hours. It's Al's brother, who uh, doesn't want to talk Leafs, wants to talk a little fantasy football. Michael, good afternoon. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, Matty Cause? Things are well. Uh, things are well in Leafland, at least. But I'm having a Hell situation yeah. in one of my fantasy football leagues that I, I wanted to bring to your attention. Because I want to get your expertise on how we should be going about and dealing with this problem. Okay, now, do you do fantasy uh, playoffs, or are you looking ahead to next year, or is this about adjusted scoring because of the Bengals-Bills game? What's going on? No, this is about payouts, okay? so okay. So we're in a situation here where it's now been, well, I guess over a week since the fantasy football playoffs have come to an end. We have yet to hear from the commissioner who holds the cash for the winners we tried to, uh, in the group chat, we've talked to him, we've extended messages to him, and still am being flushed. How long until it's acceptable to go knock on the guy's door and uh, demand the payment that way if he's not okay. responding via group chat? See, my initial response is to say you should already be over there with half the cast of The Sopranos and get things done. But I, I, I got just one question for you. Does anyone else want to have the role of commissioner of a fantasy football league? Because that job stinks. It does. It's it's an awful job. But if you're going to take on the job, you got to be able no, to go. Does it matter? Through. No, absolutely. No. The guy's got no. like six hundred bucks of our buddy's cash sitting there, and it's like that's fine. You got to give it to him. What if he spent it on us? And he's just ghosting us now. Disappointing. Listen. I'm usually the guy that holds the the all the cash in those little jars that's just in the closet yeah. well so that's sitting the, there that's the, for key, the whole right? year if you put that money away like the actual physical cash that you're given if you put that away and it doesn't enter your bank account i think that's the smart thing to do but people who put it in their bank account and then all of a sudden at the end of the year it's like oh you had seven hundred dollars eight hundred dollars less than you thought you had that's where it gets dicey and i wonder if that's a situation we're in where he's like oh no i've spent that money and now he's not responding to us oh that's a low blow i don't know all right here here's my thing yeah this guy is wrong obviously but also he holds the whole leverage my twin brother he uh, josh he is the commissioner of our fantasy league it's so annoying because you got diva friends you got people making demands you had what the hell were we going to do with the Bengals and the bills it is a thankless job unless someone in your group is willing to be the commissioner you're all going to have to shut up and eat it until he gives the money well, I think it's safe to say that he will not be commissioner next year if we have to pry the money from his cold That he's hands. the winner. That he is the winner of this. Be the, I would never, I would never wish that on, on, my, on my worst <laughs> enemy, having to be the commissioner of a, of a fantasy football league because every group's got the dummy friend. 
do you think maybe perhaps in order to get a good commissioner, I know there's tons of people out there who are great commissioners in their league and yeah. you know they, they take pride in being a good commissioner, but perhaps like 10% of the pot at the end of the year, if everybody votes that, the, almost like a, a performance bonus should be given to the commissioner for doing a great job if everything goes swimmingly and everyone agrees that he did a good job and a little yes. 10% goes to him and that would maybe allow these people to be a little bit more, you know, at least you get paid for what they're doing, the time that it takes I to be it. a commission. Maybe that should be something that should be discussed going forward. I, I think so. At the very least, you know when you're at a blackjack table and you got a good dealer, and at the end you leave and you throw a chip or two? Yeah. You should do the same thing with your fantasy football commissioner. Uh, well, Al's brother, I have ruled, unless someone else wants to immediately be the football commissioner, you're all going to have to sit and eat it. I'm sorry. I know that's not the answer you wanted, but that is my final ruling. Well, I'm not going to throw his name out there into the universe and under the bus, but if you're sure listening, you, you know who you are. And yeah. <laughs> uh, there might be a couple of guys around your house knocking on your door if you don't respond to the group chat ASAP. Just saying. All right. Thank you very much, Al's brother. You have a good day, my friend. I'll be listening tomorrow. Thank you, pal. Have a great show. Take care. That is Al's brother from Leafs Lunch. And, yeah, tomorrow they'll be looking back at the Leafs and Red Wings game. You know what? We'll get into hockey for a second. But I'm doing something different. We're, do, we're going to be doing throughout the show uh, our predictions for all the wild card games. We're going to be uh, producer Josh has got prop bets for y'all for each of the games. Ah, wild card weekend. Why is it starting now? But I want to do sort of a different football preview, and that is the subject of today's opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So I'm, uh, I'm off tomorrow, but don't worry, you get Jim Taddy. I call that an upgrade. Uh, but So I wanted to make uh, all our predictions, and as I said, for the wild card. We're going to be doing that a little bit later. So we will predict all five wild card games this weekend. We'll save Bucks and Cowboys for Monday's show. But I wanted to do this in a bit of a different... Um, way i could have come up with a better way to describe it so here are different categories for each game who is the team that i am rooting the most to win that would be the buffalo bills and this goes beyond demar hamlin but come on let's all admit it we want to see this guy on the sideline if he is healthy and comfortable we want to see him on the sidelines in buffalo in a week or two from now don't we no city has been through more trauma than Buffalo. This ter- team, this town, this team, this town, they deserve a Super Bowl. And they've been built the right way. Like just, you know, proper development, great coaching staff, and continuity throughout. Also, the reason why I'm rooting for Buffalo is it ensures that Miami loses. And that ensures we do not see Tua Tunga Viola at any point. We're not going to see him this week with Skylar Thompson. But if Miami wins, maybe, yep, Tua's been cleared by the doctors. I think we'd all just be happy to see Tua again in September. So that's another reason why I am rooting for Buffalo. The upset that I want to have happen this weekend. Now, I, I want to say Tampa Bay, but that's breaking the rules that I just made up. 
about a minute and a half ago. So I'm not going to say Tampa. I will say the New York Giants. And this isn't me being biased because I'm a Giants fan, because I'm realistic. This team doesn't have a chance of winning the Super Bowl. But here's why I want them to win. First, Brian Dayball, he deserves all the flowers. This red-faced Rudolph football genius deserves to be coach of the year to get that group this far, and Daniel Jones isn't turning the ball over. But the real reason... Let's get them an upset because of Saquon Barkley. That is a guy who deserves his moment of glory. Saquon Barkley has had over 1,200 touches since he joined the NFL. Many of them ending with him getting hit hard, and it was all for nothing. I mean, this has been an empty calorie start to his career. It's time for him to get what's coming his way. By the way, the Vikings have the 20th-ranked defense. And also, uh, you know, so that should also mean a good day for Saquon Barkley. But also, why I want Barkley to do well in a Giants upset, I don't want Daniel Jones to be good. Because if Daniel Jones is good, uh, he's going to get a, a payday. And he does not deserve the sort of cash that desperate teams give to quarterbacks who show flashes in the postseason. Speaking of quarterbacks, who is the quarterback I am rooting to fall flat on his face? I'm sorry to say this, I'm going full Cinderella. I don't want to see Mark Purdy do well. I'm good with the 49ers winning. I'm good with them. Hell, I'm good with them winning the Super Bowl. But you see, we are two San Fran playoff wins away from a 1,000 articles comparing Mark Purdy with Tom Brady or Kurt Warner. Oh, what's that? Oh, what? Kurt Warner came out from nowhere? He was he was bagging groceries. He was playing for the Iowa Barnstormers before his magical 1999 Super Bowl run. Wow, I never heard that before. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me that Tom Brady was drafted 199th overall and he did all that? I didn't know that at all. Oh, that's why you're writing about them because of Mark Purdy and you're trying to draw comparisons and telling the stories we've heard a thousand times. Ugh, it's so predictable. Also, Purdy in the Super Bowl means we will have to hear about how we scout and draft quarterbacks, how it's time the NFL look at how they draft quarterbacks differently. Nope, nope, nope. You don't win drafting quarterbacks at 199. You draft them in the top 10, like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. That's how you get it done. Let San Fran win because of Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel or Nick Bosa. Just not because of Purdy. Who is the team that I am ashamed to admit that I am rooting for? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Bortles! Uh, That's a reference if you're a fan of The Good Place. Um, I am tired of all the love that goes to the Chargers that we see on social media and the media at large. Because so much of that group, they love analytics. They love the boldness of Brandon Staley. How am I supposed to root for the Chargers? They've had one good win all year. They've had one win against a team with a winning record. That was Miami. They won by six. Also, why should I reward a Chargers coaching staff where Justin Herbert, he throws the ball, his average depth per target, his average yards per pass is the same as Matt Ryan. Get out of here. It is safe, short, checkdowns. Release Herbert. Let him go deep. And, yeah, the Jags play in the AFC South, but they beat Dallas. 
They beat the Chargers. They whipped up on the Chargers. They beat Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Doesn't Trevor Lawrence deserve to be happy after a year with Urban Meyer? Now, what about the game? And we'll end here. The game that I'm rooting for to be the best of the weekend. The game that shocks us all with how good it is. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals. You go to FanDuel right now. Bengals are favored by eight and a half. It was six and a half a couple days ago. So Vegas and the books, they feel pretty good that Lamar Jackson isn't going to play. And by all accounts, everything we see, he's not going to be out there. Coaching staff sounds pessimistic. It's not a practice. Even if by a miracle he can play, how much would we really expect from him? He's not played a snap of football in like six weeks. He'd be rusty. But what if he somehow did come back? What if he actually ripped it up? How much fun would that be? Also, these teams hate each other. The last game, there was plenty of fireworks. A bunch of Bengals defensive players, they were pissed off at the Ravens offense. Saying there was a lot of dirty work, cheap shots going on, yet the only two personal fouls were actually called against the Bengals. Face masking penalty, roughing the passer penalty on the same play. Bengals safety Jesse Bates said there's been history between the Ravens and the Bengals. It'll be good to send those guys home next week. I love it. If you're going to give me sports hate, give me a good game. Don't give me a blowout. Plus, beyond Kansas City, the Ravens bring out the best out of Joe Burrow. Go back to Boxing Day of 2022. Burrow had 525 yards and four touchdowns and a 41-21 win over the Ravens. If you are going to give me a blowout, at least give me Joe Burrow to Higgins and Jamar Chase. But just give me a miracle. Give me two quarterbacks who play such a different style and let them both go rip it up. Oh, wild card weekend. I can't wait. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. Now, I'll ask you, Producer Josh, because I was worried about this. I've been driving around this morning, so I haven't been able to catch any latest news. Tell me, there's no, is there any news yet about the Ravens? Have they made it official with Lamar Jackson? There's no official decision okay. on yeah. Lamar Jackson right now. Yeah. All we know, again, it's an uphill climb, still bat- battling an injury, and it will probably be Tyler Huntley if he uh, can't go. Uh, uh. And uh, I had to point out there, I didn't want to jump in your ear. It's Brock oh no. Purdy. Uh, it's I Brock ser- Purdy. Yeah, I searched up Mark Purdy. That's a dentist in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I saying Brock? Why did I say uh, you Mark got you Purdy. got a couple names mixed up? I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt your opening thought there. But it's yeah, Brock yeah. Purdy. Yeah, no, it uh, is Brock. Purdy. I don't think the dentist in Indiana will be throwing throwing dimes on the weekend. Yeah. By the way, at one man gang tweeted in, who the hell is Mark Purdy? <laughs> And you're absolutely right. I don't know why I said Mark Purdy. I don't know why I wrote Mark Purdy. That makes no sense. But do you get my point, though? Yes. About, like, listen, I love the story of Brock Purdy. I do. I love the 49ers. I admire the hell out of that team. But if the 49ers end up in the NFC Championship game, it's going to be, oh, he's Kurt Warner. Oh, he's Tom Brady. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Drafting quarterbacks in the first round doesn't make sense. Look at Trey Lance. No. Don't use outliers for your argument. You draft in the top five. You draft in the top ten. The Tom, You know why the Tom Brady story is such a cool story? It's because it doesn't happen very often. Not often. Mark it's Purdy. so unlikely. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's okay. And, uh, uh, Mark Purdy. Oh, I, I'm here with you as well. Dentist. I got another guy. He's a tax consultant. <laughs> That's a different Mark Purdy. If I go on to, uh, if I go on to IMDB, Mark Purdy is known for Inspector Gadget. 
He was a writer. He was a writer on Inspector Gadget. Mark Purdy. Yeah. Not Mr. Irrelevant. Brock no. Purdy. It's Brock Purdy. Mark Purdy yeah. today. Yeah. Maybe right. we'll give him that nickname on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Marky Mark. All right. On the other side, we are going to do part one of our picks and props. We'll do the Saturday games. It's picks and props. I got the picks. Producer Josh has the props. There's a decent chance I will get the names correctly. We will do that next right here on Gameplay. Mystery solved. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. In the last segment, when talking with the 49ers and their young quarterback, Brock Purdy, I kept calling him Mark Purdy. And producer Josh, I remember now where he's from. Uh, Mark Purdy was a writer for the San Jose Mercury News. I think he might still be. And he used to come on as a guest uh, when the Leafs were taken on the Sharks back when San Jose years ago when they were a really good team going deep in the playoffs. I'd bring him on just to talk about West Coast California hockey, that point when the Kings were great, the Ducks were great, the Sharks were great. So Mark Purdy is a sports writer. Perfect. He's not a financial advisor. He is not a financial or advisor. Or a real estate agent. Or He's actually talking about sports. Agent. Okay, he, so it was close yes. enough. He never wrote uh, for the 2017 uh, Inspector Gadget that came out, uh, cartoon series, in 2017. Uh, before we get to the NFL picks, just one thought about uh, about the Leafs game from last night. They beat the Preds 2-1. I was all over the under. By the way, I'm again uh, go on FanDuel at 6.5. I will take the under tonight against the Red Wings. I'll explain later on. But I, I feel there should be a very simple rule. Refs are going to miss things. So David Kampf gets ducked, decked in the head, no call on Niederreiter. And it's a bad hit. I don't know how the officials missed it. But I don't blame them. Game is fast. But I think there should be a very simple rule. If a player is told they need to go to concussion protocol, if a player has to leave the bench to go be in a quiet room and get assessed for a concussion. At that point, I think it's okay to say, let's stop the game for a moment, re-look at that video, and go, oh, that guy got hit by that guy, and he's in the concussion protocol? Call a penalty. Even retroactively, call a penalty. I don't think that's a crazy proposal. Not at all. It, it, firstly, it was a pretty bad hit. I'm surprised they didn't call... Yes. The, the interference maybe, play, because it was, it was rough. And they're yes, looking it at it. They, they had a quick stoppage, if you saw, and then they looked up, said, oh, nothing's going on, back to the play. Yeah. And that's a debate. But we, we as, as broadcasters, we can't really point at the ref and say, oh, that should have been the call, right? Yeah, but, but listen, very simple. And the ref's going to be like, huh, you know what? Show a little humility. You know what? We screwed up. He's in the concussion protocol. Oops, I guess there should have been a penalty. Moving back uh, to the NFL, if we're going to be doing some football talk, first, producer Josh, give me a little football music here. Give me a little football music. There we go. That feels like, that feels like I think, what's that, Fox? All right, so we got football music. And now, let's hear the fancy new four-second sting that uh, we've been working on for weeks. Game Plays 2023 NFL Playoff Picks for this weekend. Yeah, for this weekend. We can use that for any weekend. That's what I call an evergreen sting right there, baby. All right, what's the first game? Seahawks versus Niners. 
<laughs> you are not getting this production anywhere else. All right, Josh. So Seattle at San Fran on FanDuel. The 49ers are favored by nine and a half. I think the 49ers win, and I think they cover. First, with Brock Purdy, the 49ers have scored 33 points or more in five of his six games. He's thrown two touchdown passes in each of those games. These teams have met twice this year. 49ers have beat them both times. I'm not buying into this. It's hard to beat a team three times. It will be easy. They outscored Seattle 48-20. to Geno Smith, lousy numbers in those two games. 49ers defense, fewest points in the NFL. They've recorded as many interceptions as touchdown passes allowed. But what about Kenneth Walker? What about him? Kenneth Walker put up 57 yards on 16 carries in two games. The best any running back did against this defense is the guy who led the NFL in rushing, Josh Jacobs, and he only got 69 yards. Nice. And he needed overtime to get it. Give me the 49ers to win. Give me the 49ers to cover. Josh you got a prop bet, but any thoughts on my pick? Firstly, I love your pick because of the 49ers defense. It is so hard to get by. And with this Seahawks offense that's been shaky throughout the year, Geno Smith has turned it up. I just don't trust them at all. Nope. In my notes here, be careful of Seahawks props. So I am not going to pick a Seahawk. I am going with George Kittle over 42 and a half receiving yards at minus 114 on FanDuel Sportsbook. I absolutely love this. The Seahawks defense, Matt, allows 70 yards per game against opposing tight ends and an average of 14 yards per catch. Also, they lost 6.1 yards after the catch. So that's perfect. That's a that's that's an awesome combination for George Kittle. And if you look in his last game against the Seahawks, 91 receiving yards, two touchdowns against the Seahawks. Absolutely love it. A little bonus bet here. Christian yeah. McCaffrey over 74 and a half rushing yards. The books will be moving. So people, you got to jump on this quickly. McCaffrey has hit this total in three of his last five games. And 49ers running backs have averaged 111 rushing yards per game this season. Fifth best in the NFL. I also like McCaffrey over 39 and a half receiving yards. Seattle's linebackers are beaten up. All right, we got about two minutes for our second pick. What's the next game? Chargers versus Jags. Jags on FanDuel are a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I'm taking the Jags. I'm taking them to cover. These teams met in week three. Jags won 38-10. to 10. They outgained them more first downs, held on to the ball for over 38 minutes. They ran the ball all over the Chargers. Let's see how healthy Mike Williams is. Also, the Jags have beaten good teams. The Chargers have beaten no good teams this year. Jacksonville's defense the last three weeks have allowed just 22 points. Force five turnovers. Give me the Jags to cover against the Chargers. I'm taking the home dog. Woohoo! I am clapping my hands after that pick. I'm looking over to Intern Atham here. We have a little bit of a wager on the game. Oh. I am taking the Jags. He's taking the Chargers. But all of you, I hope you take these props. Travis yeah. Etienne, alt rushing yards just to get 60. Chargers ah. defense has allowed an average of 2.3 yards after contact per carry. And Entian has passed his total in four of his last five games. Absolutely love that. And then, you know what? We'll give the Chargers some credit here. Austin Eckler, anytime touchdown at minus 150. Chargers running backs have averaged 10.5 targets per game. Eckler has scored six TDs in his last five. So, you know what? I'm on the Jags, but 
you got to give the best RB some credit. Yes, absolutely. Austin Eckler, that guy scores a ton of touchdowns. Nice work by you. We will do the Sunday games a little bit later. But on the other side, we're all going to get a little bit smarter. Ted Wynn, NFL staff writer for The Athletic, he does that thing that we love where he breaks down games, the, breaks down the film, but does it in a very sort of interesting way. So he's also a bit of a storyteller. And that will be coming up next right here on Gameplay. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matt, because I say it all the time. I continue will to say it. If you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, go and grab it. Like, I'm on there right now, and they will get you set for this weekend of wild card action, previews, stories, big picture stuff, the latest on DeMar Hamlin. It is all there. And uh, joining us now, who um, really does an excellent deep dive on what's going on on the field, studies the film, and then dispenses it to us, the layman, the dummies, in a very sort of digestible way and makes it interesting. It is Ted Wynn from The Athletic. Ted, thanks so much for joining the show today. No problem. Thank you for kind words, and thank you for having me on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, you, you do a great job, and it's 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 cool. You can go back and learn something about, you know, there's a rookie right guard and what and, you know, just his impact on the team. Uh, I want to start here. You tweeted this three days ago. Brock Purdy is going to destroy draft discourse for years. And we'll start here. How much of what you've seen, if we were going to do a a pie chart, how much of his success is about his own talent? How much of it is about the talent around him? And then the third part, the scheme that is implemented. Of those three factors, is there one that stands out for you? Uh, well, I, I tweeted that because, you know, I heard um, Herb Street talk about Stetson Bennett um, on uh, the oh, no. uh, National oh, Championship no, really? game. And he, <laughs> and he started saying, like, I, you know, I could see him being good at a Kyle Shanahan offense, you know. So um, I, I could already see, like, all these narratives being written around or talked about um Brock Purdy and his success in Kyle Shanahan's offense, and it, it, it's a whole you know black hole we can get down another time. But yeah. to get back to your question specifically, uh, I, I think with the Niners, obviously they have one of the best cache you know of weapons in the league with Debo Samuel, George Kittle, CMC. Those guys are so good at creating after the catch, and obviously Kyle Shanahan is so good at scheming up ways to get them in space. But I think a big part of it does have to do with Kyle Shanahan's scheme, and we've seen other quarterbacks have success. We've seen back quarterbacks have success in that system. Uh, but to give Brock Purdy credit, um, he he's had has been one of the more successful uh, quarterbacks in this Shanahan offense. I think part of it is his skill set. I mean, he's very poised. He's really good against the blitz. He actually brings another dimension that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't bring, which is his ability to create outside of structure. So, um, but I think the big thing is just his poise. I mean, being able to go, go into a team that's a championship contender with those high expectations and play the way he has, he, he definitely should get credit for that. Uh, but also he probably would not be looking this good if he was playing for any other team. But, I, you know, I don't want to detract from what he's doing because yeah. it, it is pretty unique. Uh, but you also have to consider – um, the offense he's in with skilled players around him and 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 scheme he's in as well. Oh yeah, yeah. He's if he was in New England, 
he's not putting up these numbers. Actually, going back to the discourse around him, um, how tired are you going to be if, if – and I was joking about this earlier in the show. If the 49ers win a playoff game or two when there's 17 different articles about how Mark Purdy is uh, the next Kurt Warner, the next Tom Brady, and, and people start saying things like you don't need to draft a quarterback in the first round. And you're right, you don't. If you have Shanahan as your coach, Kittle as your wideout, Ayuk and Samuel as your running backs, Trent Brown as your left tackle, and Christian McCaffrey running the ball, as long as you got all those things, no, you don't need a quarterback in the top ten. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the part I was getting at with the Brock Purdy discussion is that, um, you know, those Kurt, Kurt Warner, uh, Tom Brady, those things happened before Twitter and, and before – of draft discourse has gotten to the point that has gotten to right now. So, um, you know, there, yes, you can find a starting quarterback outside of the first round, but when you look at how rare it is, it, it's yeah. extremely, extremely rare to do. Uh, I mean, even, even in the first round, obviously you have guys that don't work out, but it's the, the hit rate outside of the first round is even smaller out, out, outside the first round. So I just think that, um, you know, you, you cannot rely on finding a quarterback outside the first round if you are a team looking for a quarterback. Yeah, I look at the AFC, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. None of those guys were drafted 199th. None of them were bagging groceries. None of them were Mr. Irrelevant. Um, from The Athletic, we're joined by Ted Wynn. I want to move over to the Chargers and the Jaguars game. And it feels like everyone is on the Chargers, and maybe it's Justin Herbert's hair, maybe it's his arm talent, and maybe it's just no one wants to trust Jacksonville. But when I look at the season, Jacksonville's got a lot more impressive wins under their belt than the, than the Chargers do this year. I think their only win against a team over 500 is Miami. So I'm actually kind of leaning towards Jacksonville, which I feel like puts me in the minority. I'm curious how you attack this game. Yeah, I think um, in that week three matchup when the Jaguars dominated the the Chargers, that, that game came right after um, Trevor, I mean, uh, right after Justin Herbert um, broke his rib in, in that week two matchup against um, the Chiefs, and it, it was really affecting um, the way he was throwing, the way he was moving. And in that game, they also lost Joey Bosa. Uh, so I, I, I will, I think this matchup will be a lot closer than that week three oh, yeah. uh, matchup. I. I and I definitely will not play, you know, downplay Jacksonville and the things they've done. I think the people that like the Chargers in this game uh, are looking at the fact that the Chargers are getting as healthy as they've been at any point during the season, and they do have a lot of blue chip talent. The Jaguars are a team that, um, you know, you don't see a, a ton of blue chip talent. They're more of a collective, um, and they're playing very well. Doug Peterson's doing a great job, and obviously Trevor Lawrence is starting to ascend into that elite quarterback class. But, you know, when you look at their team overall, you just don't see a ton of blue-chip talent. Um, they've suffered some bad injuries at the wrong time. They lost left tackle Cam Robinson. Um, and, and that's going to be an issue against when you're going against Cleo Mack and, and Joey Bosa. So I, I think it's going to be a close matchup. And, and in, the, in the playoffs, you know, you need those blue-chip players to, to play. But I do agree with you that when you look at the overall um, – season and the quality wins that the Jaguars had in the regular season, uh, it, it is more impressive. But I, I think when you look at the Chargers and you're projecting, um, you know, what kind of 
the the elite players they have, you're projecting that yeah. those guys are going to make make a difference. Yeah, and, and you know what? The health thing is a, is a really good point, and you're right. In terms of just pure blue-chip talent, the Chargers have more than the Jags. Hey, Ted, before we move on, I, have you been able – because, I mean, you do so much film work, but have you been able to break down the Chargers' passing game? And if you haven't, that's fine. You're a busy man. No one gets to everything. i got a 100 other questions. But I, I'm curious about it, but only if you've really kind of looked at Justin Herbert this year. Yeah, you know, I think with Justin Herbert um... – he, the, that rib injury really affected him for for a, a, quite a few games in, in the middle in the beginning of the season. Uh-huh. Um, also, the offensive line suffered a ton of injuries. So, um, and, and just the, the the nature of Joe Lombardi's offense is you know, he he wants to pass short. He wants to do those quick passes. You see a lot of That's the same my- concepts over and over again. Yeah, see, that's the point so, I wanted to get you. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, and it's, it, this is per, this is perfect, and you sort of answered it. But when I, I was looking at all this stuff, where his yards, his depth, his uh, per pass, and his yards, his average yards per pass was very Matt Ryan esque. Is that just how much of that is offensive line issues and rib injuries? Uh, I think it's a combination of Joe Lombardi's offense, so a combination of his injury, and, and a combination of um, the state of the offensive line. Um, you know, I, I think Joe Lombardi, he, he comes from that Sean Payton Saints passing offense that uh, Drew Brees ran for so long. And, you know, Drew Brees is a guy who, who uh, was so good at getting rid of the ball quickly and, and doing all those quick passes. But when you have a guy like um, Justin Herbert who could extend plays, who could throw the ball downfield, sometimes it just doesn't make sense how um, – how short they, how much they they passed it, um, you know, behind behind the sticks. Yeah. So uh, you want to see him in an offense that's a little more vertically based, uh, but that's just the reality he's dealing with right now. And um, hopefully, with the offensive line getting a little more healthy, with uh, you know Mike Williams hopefully playing this game and Keenan Allen, that um, they they get a little bit more aggressive because I think they have to um, in order to make some noise in the playoffs. I hope you're right. I, I, you know what? I'm. I don't care if I'm wrong with my prediction. I just hope the over hits. I want to see these two quarterbacks just entertain us for three hours. Who do you? This might be the hardest question I'm going to ask you. Who do you trust more, Minnesota or the Giants? They were combined twenty to eleven and one, and they were combined to be outscored on the season by nine. Yeah, you know, I think <laughs> the Giants. <laughs> the Giants have overachieved. You know, they. Uh, yeah, they have. When you when you look at the roster, you're just like, how did they win all those games? And no it's such a, such credit to Brian De, um, Dable and Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale. Those guys really got the most out of um, out of the roster over there. And you know, like every week, I'm just like, I don't think they could win. I don't think they could do it again. And they end up doing it again. Um, so when I you know when I look at the Vikings, I, I do think they're a flawed team. I, I do think that. Um, they've certainly gotten pretty lucky to, to w- w- won as many games as they have, um, because when you play, you know, when you're playing in as many close games as they have, it could swing either way, and, and we've seen that time and time again. Uh, but I do think the Vikings are more talented than um, the, the Giants are. I think Kirk yeah. Cousins is a more seasoned quarterback than um, than Daniel Jones, and ultimately, I, I do think the Vikings will win this game. Um, but I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if the Giants won. But I do think the Vikings are the better overall team. Um, 
but I, I don't I don't see them going too far in the playoffs. But I I, I think they have enough to beat the Giants. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I got the Vikings. I think they even cover that three points. Uh, last question for you. And again, check out his work at the Athletic. It's like just for the money what you have to spend for a year, uh, you are getting your money's worth within the first month. Is the only Achilles heel for the Bills? Because I think that'd be the biggest shock. If Miami somehow won this game, to me, the only way is Josh Allen who 14 interceptions on the year is the only way the bills lose is if Josh Allen throws three picks and Miami finds a way to run for 200 yards. Yeah, I think, um, Miami had a really good game on the ground against the bills in, in week 15 and yeah. they're going to be starting rookie Skylar Thompson. And, you know, even with the weapons that he has, you don't want Skylar Thompson throwing the ball 30 times a game. Um, so if, the the Dolphins are able to replicate the success they had on the ground in Week 15. Um, keep the ball out of Thompson's hands. Keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Um, and Josh Allen, ha- you know, has a couple untimely turnovers. That's the only way they could muck up this game enough to have a chance. But if those two things don't happen, then this should be a, a runaway for the Bills. Actually, before I end this, and yeah, I, I agree. Um, what, is there one thing for you of all the matchups, all the games, all the, you know, uh, this uh, defensive lineman versus this tackle, is there one matchup that really has your interest, that has really got your interest? Uh, yeah, I, I think all these matchups are, are, are pretty interesting, but, you know, the, the Bengals' offense has been so good this year, but Joe Burrow has really struggled against the Ravens defense this year. And, you know, they scored 27 huh. points against the Ravens last week, but a touchdown came off of a fumble, uh, a strip sack of, um, of Tyler Huntley in the end zone. And another t- touchdown came off of a uh, interception. They, um, they had to set them up in uh, Ravens territory. Um, so there's, there's something about this Ravens defense that, um, that, Joe Burrow really struggles with. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this game a lot closer uh, than people think. And that Ravens offense is going to struggle. But, you know, if they they get a break or two, I think that game ends up being a little closer than than people think. Ted, really appreciate uh, you joining the show today. Enjoy the weekend. And, again, we enjoy the work that you do for the Athletic. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. That is Ted Wynn who does excellent job just in terms of breaking down the film of what you're seeing on Sunday and trying to explain a little bit better about what the hell is it that we're watching. All right, on the other side, we do it each and every Thursday. It is the sports version of F. Mary Kill. It is start em, sit em, cut em, and we'll get into that next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. Double or nothing. Done. Witness. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Today we're going to have you play a fun little game called F*** Mary Kill. Oh, wow. For this game, we'll show you pictures of three people, and you have to decide which one you want to have sex with, which you'd marry, and which one you'd kill. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause A reminder, Hornets Raptors tonight at 7 o'clock. I got a couple bets on that. I'll... Uh, tell you about a little bit later but we do it each every thursday the sports version of f mary kill is start him sit him cut him producer josh what do we got let's go mad intern adham and i will go back and forth yeah. on these questions today but i'm going to go right. off the rocker i feel it's right. a need for that 
It's not <laughs> Brock Purdy. It's Mark Purdy today. <laughs> so, newly acquired Blue Jay Brandon Belt loves yeah. the city, yeah. but loves the chicken. He said yeah. the chicken tenders at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in downtown Toronto were the best he's ever had. But I'm in a name predicament here. What do you call these names? We'll do a one, two, three, start, sit, cut. Right, are right, they right. chicken strips? Are they chicken tenders? Or are they chicken nuggets? Strips, tenders, nuggets. I'm cutting nuggets because um, what he's going to be talking about is obviously uh, more uh, more um, rectangular than circular. So I'm going to cut nuggets. I'm going to sit strips, and I'm going to start tenders. Tender sounds the most classiest. I mean, the word tender, that in of itself, it screams moist and juicy, which is how you want all your chicken to be. Be where it says, oh, have the chicken dry carcasses. That would be a horrible name. So I am going to start chicken tenders. Thank you to Oxford. Easy to cut or chew, not tough. Yeah. All right, then let's move to the hard courts. Yesterday, the Hawks and the Bucks were, were a featured matchup on ESPN. And what made that yep. matchup, all the Holiday Brothers were uh, were featured in that matchup. Two of them played only. So uh, my question to you is from these great sports siblings, Peyton and Eli Manning, Venus and yeah. Serena Williams, or Maurice and Henry Richard, who are you starting, sitting, and cutting? Oh, God. Um... You, know, you got to start with the Williams. They did the most winning. Like the, 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 the less successful sister is one of like the top seven or eight uh, women's tennis players of all time. I got to cut the Mannings. I got to cut the Mannings. And the Richards get the sit. And it's because Peyton Manning, great in the regular season, mediocre in the postseason. Eli Manning, incredible in the postseason. Average in the regular season. I got to cut the Manning brothers, and I hate doing that, but yeah, that's where we're at. That was an odd transition, I got to say. Chicken to the hard court. I love it. You know what? Let's go the hard court to the gridiron. Derek Carr released a pretty heartfelt message uh, on his social medias today, kind of wishing his farewell and saying goodbye to the Raiders franchise. And he won't be out of the NFL, he'll have a job starting next season. Out of yeah, these three teams, who would he look best in? The Jets, the Colts, or the Patriots? Ooh, Jets, Pats, Colts. Okay, um, he would look the best as a New York Jet. They have the most talent. Rookie Garrett Wilson at wideout, Brees Hall. They got plenty of weapons. So Derek Carr, start with the Jets. The Colts have better weapons. I'm going to sit the Colts. I'm going to cut the Pats, mostly because do you trust Belichick anymore with who he has calling plays when he like Matt Patricia there and Patricia got fired and, and maybe it'll be a Belichick son who looks creepy, especially with his tongue out. At the very least, we can say the Colts have a good offensive line. Jonathan Taylor can bounce back. There's some nice wide receiver talent there. Mo Alley-Cox is not a bad tight end. I'm cutting the Patriots. Okay. And let's not forget about that Belichick mullet that he... he oh, God. <laughs> he is he is greasy. Was that Steve Belichick? 
Yeah. Steve Belichick is lucky that his dad is his dad, and he's probably I mean, obviously Steve Belichick worked his way up to it. So I don't want to denigrate him too much, even if there is some nepotism involved. But if he was not a football coach, I wouldn't trust that face and that hair. I wouldn't trust that to pump to put gas in my car. Gives you Trailer Park Boys vibes. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's stick to the NFL. Uh, a little more fun uh, segment. Fun, fun yep. uh, topic. Uh, the Pro Bowl, right? So they added some new events to go on with uh-huh. the old events. Yep. Uh, so out of these events, the dodgeball, which is something they did for a while. Now yep. they have the longest drive. Yes, it's a golf event. So And yep. kick-tack-toe, so which will feature the kickers having some fun. Which event are you starting, sitting, or cutting? Adam, I love that you asked this question. You teed me up and you didn't know about it. Here's the answer. None of them, but kick-tack-toe is great. Here's what the Pro Bowl needs to do. And I've said this many times. I'm sorry that I'm a broken record. This is what needs to happen in the Summer Olympics, and this is what we need for a skills contest. You know what you need? Tug of war. So you can do it in two different ways. Mano a mano. Who's stronger? Is it Aaron Donald? Is it Derrick Henry? We'll find out next. Or you can do, like, one team versus another. Who's the strongest team in the NFL? Who's the strongest player in the NFL? We need tug of war. But it gets better. In the middle is a mud pit. And in the middle of that mud pit is one very angry King Cobra. We'll have people from PETA on board to make sure we treat it right. But maybe we find a way to really piss off that King Cobra. It's slithering in the middle of the mud pit. And then the two sides tug of war. Someone's getting dirty. Someone might get stung. <laughs> Spicy. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Wowzers. Tug of war. Tug of war. <laughs> Tug of war. I love it. I like yeah. the kick-tack-toe. Come on. It's a great Imagine? It's that a, is so cool. Day. I know. It's a the great skill it's of a great those day. kickers. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I don't understand no, I the golf one, to be honest. Like, what's the point? Is this going to look more funny than good? But, hey, uh, it people, is what it yeah. is. <laughs> you know, pe- people like people like watching see how far you can hit a ball. I'm not even a golfer, and I can find that interesting. But, yeah. But tug of war, you tell me. Hey, uh, we've got a, we've got a left tackle who is uh, who's got his four iron out, or we got a left tackle taken on a D tackle, and there's a rope. We're all taking the tug of war. Oh yeah. All right, Matt. Last question here: yeah. Raptors taking on the Hornets tonight. Seven and a half point favorites down at Scotiabank Arena. Should be a solid game coming off the Raptors dub. We have just reached the halfway mark through the NBA season. And I know this is probably an easy answer, but star for the Raptors. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, or Fred Van Vliet. Start, sit, cut this season. Uh, Starting uh, Siakam, that's the easy one. This question is, is it between OG and Fred? I'm sitting Fred Van Vliet. I'm cutting OG Ananobi. Ananobi was great the first month. His numbers have gone down since then. He's had some injuries as always. And what this comes down to is, is that the Raptors, their offense is so much worse when Van Vliet is on the bench versus when he's on the court. Statistically, you would give it to OG Ananobi. But the eye test, I'm going to give it to Fred Van Vliet. So I'm sitting Fred. I'm cutting OG Ananobi. All right. That wraps our stardom, sit him, cut him. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Adam. No worries. Yes, good job, Adam. Good job there, Josh. And maybe the saddest part of that last stardom said cut him 
The name Scotty Barnes didn't come up at all. Maybe we'll talk about that next. Wesley Chang is going to join us, betting and fan- fantasy analyst on all things basketball with TSN Edge. He'll join the show next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 